you sitting there, you at home, you ain't doing shit, scratching your genitals, scratching your ass, smelling your underarm, smelling your own breath, let me hear just for a few seconds, right? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. The creation tools allow you to, you know, record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. You can use that same hand you scratch your ass with to go to Anchor and record. It'll distribute your podcast for you to a plethora of DSPs. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Go download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. What are you waiting for? Go. Right now. Get off the couch. Go to Anchor. Create a podcast. The world wants to hear what you have to say. Adversity. Difficulties. Misfortune. A state or instance of serious or continued difficulty or misfortune. Success is to be measured. Not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome. Booker T. Washington. Rock bottom became the solid foundation which I rebuilt my life. J.K. Rowling. The most beautiful people we've known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep love and concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. There is no better than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed, its own lesson on how to improve you. Michael Max. Today, talk about adversity. How to deal with it, different types of it, and everything else in between. My name is Khalil Sneed, and this is the Trill Pill Podcast. Sit back. Roll up something, pull you up something, or just sit and relax. We're going to start this thing all right. You know what I'm saying?
Adversity doesn't define us. However, the way in which we handle such challenges does. It's vital to be aware of the various forms of challenges that we face in our lives. Furthermore, it's critical that we understand the tools and methods that we can employ to overcome said challenges. I'll tell y'all a little story real quick. My junior year, the last thing I wanted to be was a nigga who was just on varsity just because he was a senior. I felt like I deserved to be on there a year prior, but I didn't want to sit on the bench. I felt like it stopped my growth. I wanted to grow. I wanted to sharpen up on my pass rush moves, you know, learn more about myself. You know, I was a, a undersized defensive tackle in the state of Texas. I was 5'8". 250. I didn't have the stature. I wasn't six foot and above. I didn't have long arms. I didn't have a lot of shit. So I really had to focus on the tools that I need. Okay, I can't do a swim move. Boom. I can't do this and this. What can I do? Bull rush. Spin move. Create my little arm move. Half spin. Back around. You know what I'm saying? Leverage is... I got the advantage of leverage all the time. So use that to, to my advantage. You know, that's how my brain was working. So going into that spring, I was third on the depth chart, right? I worked my ass off to get second on the depth chart. And at this time, I'm like, well, shit, I'm, I'm getting rotation. I'm going to be straight. You know what I'm saying? My, you know, I was talking to my brother. He said, but that's cool, but, you know, you told me you want to start. So, second, I ain't starting. I said, yeah, but, he said, but, niggas can't hold you, dog. Go do what you got to do and get that starting spot. You know, that, and from that point on, that was my goal. Start every game my junior year. And then on, you know, I had a guy in front of me who was more prototypical, um, was taller, had more reach, you know, in the arms and could do all those, you know, extra pass rush moves, you know, spin. And not, I mean, not really spin, but like the swim move and all that shit, you know, swim move. You got to have range. You got to be able to separate yourself. I didn't have, you know, I don't have long arms. I'm not, you know, I'm. Short and stocky, so I ain't, I ain't have all that. I ain't had no reach. So all that shit was going to be, 
I can try all I want, you know what I'm saying? She's going, you know, I, and I did try it, but every time I ended up pancake. I ended up getting caught up with my fucking arm over my head and getting pushed the fuck down off balance. So I had to find ways to make myself better, right? So I looked up undersized D-tackles. I looked at their moves, you know. I looked at, you know, undersized DNs and linebackers just so I can get a good sense of when engagement happened, what was going to be my set of moves. I had to have me a set of moves to work. You know what I'm saying? So the dude in front of me, you know, I can't remember how we got into it, but we kind of got into it. It wasn't no, it was nothing serious, but it was one of them, you know, spring practice, spring ball, everybody competing. So it's one of them, you know, you ain't going to do shit. And I told him, I'm going to take your spot. I don't know where this came from. At, I was on the sideline. I said, I'm going to take your spot, man. He said, you ain't going to take nothing. You're going to be on the bench. Da, 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 da. I said, I'm going to take your spot. That shit is mine. You ain't going to do shit. Da, 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 da. You, you ain't fucking with You ain't got this and that. You ain't got this and that. Mind you, the guys who were playing on that D-line with me, one of them was a five-star athlete. Continued to go on to a Division One school. The other one continued to go on to a Division One school also. I think, but they were prototypical, you know, above six foot, had the range, had, you know, they had, you know, they had the shit that recruiters are looking for, for their programs. Meanwhile, you know, I ain't that. The dude in front of me gets hurt. So they called my name, Sneed, come in. Wouldn't nobody really talk to me, positive to me, but besides one of my good friends that was the same grade level, played linebacker, a couple of good dudes I grew up with, one of them played safety. These people I'm still cool with, cool with to these days. I ain't seen them in a long time, but if y'all listen to this, what up? You know who you are. And um, they were telling me, hey, man, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? The other two was like, man. The two dudes that I was on the line, you know, on the D line was like, one of them wouldn't even better talk to me. You know what I'm saying? The other one would just be talking, you know, talking like, "Hey man, you you ain't gone." You never know. You know, every once in a while he he'll help me, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just like I got a lot of help. You know what I'm saying? I had to earn my respect there, which I understood that. I understood, you know, coming in. Like, they already established. They already have their futures pretty much set on where they got to go. They pretty much know they're going to school somewhere. Somebody's going to pay for them to go to school. Meanwhile, I'm a question mark. I didn't give a fuck, you know. My brother was a standout athlete and academic. In school years ago. So everywhere I would go, they would call me, hey, you, you great little brother. You great little brother. You great little brother. Great little brother. And at a certain point, it should kind of bother me because I'm like, I'm a lot more than great little brother. Like, I'm, you know, I got my own name. But I haven't earned nothing yet. 
So I have to earn my respect. I have to earn the right for them to come by my fucking name. You know, I ain't just somebody's little brother, you know. And nothing wrong with being a little brother, but, you know, at some point you have to, like, you can't ride your legacy. Like, you can't ride somebody else's coattails of a legacy. You got to make your own. No, no matter whether it's, it's greater, greater as or below, you have to make your own way. So that's what the fuck I did. Dude was hurt, right? He got hurt. And this time, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm first string now, but, you know, he hurt. He going to come back and, you know, whoop. at that point, I'm like, no, nah, fuck that. Even even when he get because it wasn't like he was hurt all season. He had to come back some motherfucking bird. I'm not exactly how or whenever, but I didn't give a fuck. I don't think I knew it was when Friday night hit. I was going to start from game one to shit when we stopped playing. So, I battle every day. Spring, purple and white game. I'm battling every fucking day. Everything people are saying to me is going through my head. Like, you know, positive and negative. You ain't got it, nigga. You too short. You can't do this, nigga. This nigga over here, he five star. He don't want to play beside you. This nigga over here got half a million stars. He don't want to play beside you. So-and-so said that you weak. So-and-so said that they just put you in there because of whatever. So-and-so just said this. So-and-so said this. So-and-so said that. So-and-so said a whole bunch of shit. But you know what? It didn't motherfucking matter. Because guess what the fuck I did? I started every fucking game from there on out at that position. Holding my own weight. Holding my own weight. Besides, you know, the highly recruited people, you know. I never hated that, you know. Because in, in my eyes, it's like, oh, shit, eyes going to be on them, shit. I'm in between both of them, shit. If I do any type of whatever, like, that's that's the ceiling. I'm not banking my existence on getting a scholarship, but hey, if they want to give me one goddamn me, I'm going to take it. So I continue to just ball, you know, play ball, get better. I, I'm pretty sure I made some mistakes, you know, and but I had to earn the respect, right? I didn't give a fuck whether they liked me or not, right? I had an obstacle in, in my way. And opportunity presenting itself. And it's one thing to have an opportunity present itself. It's another thing to claim the opportunity and never let it go. See, I never let that shit go. If they felt like I wasn't enough, they had two or three of them dudes they can plug in. Seniors. Two or three other seniors they can plug in. Right? This they last ride. This they last go. It didn't fucking matter. It didn't fucking matter. Because I did the fuck I said I was going to do. Right? I had to earn that. 
you know. So that tale was something for me to always go back on in my whole life. Like, especially, you know, when you play ball, nobody want to sit on the fucking bench, you know. Yeah, and I understood what my role was, you know what I'm saying. I know I'm not the, the prototypical. I know when the, when the offense see me, if they run on the inside run because I'm trying to hold down an A gap or a B gap or whatever, that they going to think, well, shit, he big as fuck, he big as fuck, he big as fuck, well, shit, we're going to run towards the nigga that we can barely even see. <laughs> we can barely even see this nigga over the, the line, so shit, let, let's go there. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of that, you know. But I had to take care of that because that was something that I wanted to do. You know, that was something I had complete confidence in. You know, I pretty much knew that I, I wasn't going to be given a scholarship to play any ball. You know, I got one, maybe two offers. If that, really one. The other one was just like a, hey, you can, you know, you know how you can go to these camps and they say, hey, you can come play for. I didn't, they ain't seen never, they ain't never seen shit. If they did, I ain't never got it. That's a different story about the school I went to, about people not getting the shit they deserve. But anyway, that they work for, and all other things. But anyway, this is about me right now. Go fuck that shit. To the past. You know, that is something that I had to overcome. At that same time, my mother was going through breast cancer. So, who am I to sit here complain, you know? My brother's going through his shares of adversity. My dad's going through, you know, everybody dealing with something. Everybody dealing with something. So, who am I to sit here and complain about, oh, I want something and they just won't give it to me. I have to go and take my shit. I had to go and claim it. Sometimes you got to do that. And that would be a little bit of a whole lot of bit that I'm talking about today. Adversity. So, six different types of adversity. Multiple different models of it. Um, I picked the model which I knew the best. And the model which I thought was best for me to, um, you know, formulate my own shit, you know what I'm saying, put my own seasons in the mix, you know, put my own recipe on it, you know what I'm saying, so, the first one, the first one, of six types of adversity, physical adversity, a physical disability is the most obvious example of physical adversity. The quarterback who breaks his spine during a football game and suddenly stuck in a wheelchair faces a number of new challenges and a drastic change to the way he lives his life. Now, there are less drastic but similar problematic types of physical a- adversity as well as handicaps, you know, like uh, chronic pain, fatigue, obesity. Uh, they force people to achieve a sense of normalcy in their lives, you know. Um, we all had grandparents, parents who all who all had like severe back pain or knee pain, and uh, 
they couldn't all the way, you know, handle it. They fought just to go outside. They fought just to walk in the grocery store. You know, we all had, you know, that person for me, it was, my, you know, my mother, my dad, my grandmother, you know, um, my mom going through, you know, pinched nerve surgery and breast cancer, you know, high blood pressure and all those things, her having a table full of motherfucking medicines that she had to take and um, my dad had to have hip surgery, you know, he, 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 he fought back to get back to normal, you know, even if he had to walk with a cane. You know, my dad is a cool motherfucker, man. So if he had to walk with a cane, that was just going to be an extra accessory to his motherfucking sauce. You know, a little extra seasoning to his sauce. A little, a little extra flavor, you know. It's the same original flavor. It's kind of like when you go to the grocery store and you see the Sweet Baby Rays. And, you know, the original is fire. The original is the shit. But you also, you look at, they got honey chipotle, honey barbecue, spicy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Same sauce, just <laughs> added on to it. So, but watching my parents and my grandparents um, go through those type of physical adversities, you know, it made me stronger. It made what I was dealing with on the inside at school, it made it small. You know, it, it shrunk it down. I'm like, well, I'm just trying to, I'm over here trying to deal with why this girl you know, took my letter and passed it to my homeboy. <laughs> and my mama and my daddy is struggling to get upstairs. And, you know, I'm like, this shit I'm worried about ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? He's pissing tail at home, man. Uh, school, books, where I'm going to college. You know, that shit don't mean, that shit don't mean nothing, man. My, my mama and my daddy got to make sure they take their medicines on time. They got to make sure that they properly heal from the surgeries that they had to go through and heal from the counseling that, you know, my mother eventually be, you know. She had to overcome getting a mastectomy, you know, her feeling less than a woman because she only had one breast, you know. For a woman, that can be very, very tough, you know, mentally. It fucks your head up, you know, because sometimes... We see women, you know, we don't see them as a human being all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we see them as just body parts, you know, ass and titties and, you know, whatever we look at them as. But so for, for my mother, you know, because she didn't, you know, that's you can't control shit like that. If, that. if that's the thing you have to do to stay alive, then you do it. That's what she did. She did shit for us. I remember when she sat us down, she was like, hey, you know, I got to get a mastectomy. I got to do this and that. And, you know, I'm going to have a, excuse me, have one breast and, you know, whatever. I looked at my brother, you know, and my dad. I'm looking at them. Like, you know, it never mattered to us, you know. Never matter to us. You mama. You know, and I told her that. You know, I said, that don't matter for us. You mama. One eye, one arm, one leg. 
Shit, you might hit a little lean when you walk. You can have the force with a car. I quiver. It don't fucking matter. Mama, you mama. You mama. And you here. And you alive. And you blessed. You able. So let's do this shit. You know? So. Her dealing with that, of course, we were her support system, so we made it easy for her. She found ways to do whatever, but, you know, hey, man, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, man. Like, the people who are out here trying to be perfect are the most, some of the most fucked up people of all time, right? You know, and sometimes as you get older, or even as, you, as you're younger, or even as you're born, you may have something that's, hinders you from what's deemed normal, you know, uh, events, you know what I'm saying? It may put you in a, in a category with special needs. It may put you in, you know what I'm saying, these categories, but that don't mean shit. Most important thing is that, that you know, you're alive, you know, you're able, you're willing. You're not letting this hinder you. You, you fight and do it. So what? So what? I used to work with special education kids in middle school where I was in a, a, a paraprofessional. A paraprofessional. At. <laughs> and it was amazing to me how these kids with their deformities or illnesses or whatever they were deemed as, whatever it was, They are some of the strongest people I've ever seen in my fucking life. Because, hey, I gotta be. Look, my arm ain't a regular arm. Does that mean I ain't a regular person? Does that mean I ain't, you know what I'm saying? Does that mean I can't throw a football? Or, no, it don't. It don't. You know, they have to do a little bit more extra, but nonetheless, hey, they went out and they lived. And they had a lot more cares. A whole lot more cares than a bunch of motherfuckers that I know. That's walking around here with a good two arms, good two legs, good back. A lot more carriage to walk around. Be themselves. Not be scared. Face. Face the dangers of today's society. Face the dangers of you know, embarrassment, face those things. They had to have courage for that. They had to have courage for that. They can't just, you know, like, that's different. But I gained the respect for it. And it motivated me because, like, well, shit, my two arms and my legs, you know, I wish my arms was longer. You know what I'm saying? But, hey, it's what it is. Shit, I'm blessed. I was going to be blessed, so I'm not tripping. You know, I think about, you know, just, just take some time. Just think about your grandmother or your little brother, you know, your cousin, your sister, your auntie, little sister, big sister, big brother, mama, daddy, 
well, they have to live with a version of physical adversity. It can't be easy, but they get the fuck up and they go do what they have to do to get better every single fucking day. Even if it's inevitable that it'll never change, that don't mean they don't got a life to live. God got them on, on earth for a purpose. And just like everybody else, they're here on earth to seek that purpose and pursue those goals that they set in life. Going back to the story I had earlier, you know, the dude who was a big recruit, he hurt himself mid-season. Pretty sure he wasn't going in, into that, you know, like he just wanted to hurt himself, but he did. And I'm pretty sure that he faced adversities during that. Pretty sure he had worries. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm not in his brain. But he continued to go on and have a great career college. He didn't, he, he didn't let that one time hinder him on what he was planning on doing for his life. So, I bring up these situations, you know, so with the other guy, some shit happened with the other guy. I don't really know what the fuck happened, but hey, he had to transfer. It, it didn't stop him from doing what the fuck he had to do. My brother faced some adversity in college. He had to transfer. It didn't stop him from doing what the fuck he had to do. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. You know, we got every right to live, but that giving up shit is not a fucking option to niggas like us. So. And I mean niggas, I don't mean black people. I mean everybody. Shit, us. You ain't got that option to be giving up, man. You don't have that option. Especially if you come from places like we come from. We coming from South Dallas. We coming from oh. oh. Oh, Cliff, we coming from East Dallas. We coming from North Dallas. We coming from wherever your hood at. We coming from North Tulsa. We coming from goddamn me, South Side of Houston, North Side of Houston. We we coming from, you know what I'm saying? We coming from everywhere trying to make something of ourselves. And we have the obligation to carry. We have the obligation to prove our haters wrong and to prove our supporters right. That's all I'm saying. Regardless. You know, take take you know take from that what you will or how they say that shit and go to this next one. This next one is mental adversity. <laughs> mental adversity. Um, just like a physical handicap might limit you, so can a mental problem. Being properly treated by psychiatrists and psychologists is obviously crucial to managing your, you know, your overall mental health. But there are some steps you need to take beyond going to the doctor if you're dealing with a mental anguish. I don't know why I put that word there, but fuck it. Routines are your friend, right? Getting the pattern of waking up, exercising, especially taking your, you know, medication. If you have to take medication. You know, at one point, I had to take medication. I had to take uh, um, Zoloft and some other shit. Maybe Lexapro or whatever the fuck it was. But I had to take some, you know. 
So yeah, bad text on. Anyway, taking your medication at the same time of the day. Another key aspect of handling mental health problems is never to give up on the idea of getting better. Things can be rough for a long time. Look, man, I know that shit can be rough, dog. I know. The shit fucked up. The shit fucked up. You don't know what the fuck happened. All you know is you just... Whatever. You know? But, sometimes, it can be rough for a long time. You know? It's always something new you can do to improve your well-being. It's always something that's out there, right? I didn't get diagnosed with PTSD. When they told, when they told me that shit, I was like, fuck out of here. Like, I ain't never been in the streets, no shootouts. I ain't, you know, <laughs> what the fuck you mean I got PTSD? Like, what the fuck you talking about? You know, I told told dude like y'all make sure y'all got the right shit. Yeah, who's funding y'all? Y'all, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking like, you know, it's only for war veterans or people who you know have repeatedly put themselves in traumatic positions or something traumatic happened to them. You know, which I wasn't thinking about it being a death in the family, but at that point I was like, you know, ain't nothing really happened to me. Like I ain't get shot at. I ain't, you know, I don't heard some shootings. I don't been close to some, seen some. I don't seen. I seen some things, but I'm like, man, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? So, and you know, and they made and they said something to me that made me think, and I was like, maybe. And then when they got to the depression part, like you have, uh, you know. Medium, uh, mild, medium uh, depression and things that mention, you know, because I told him, you know, I, you know, like I said on my podcast, I've had some thoughts of suicide before. So, yeah, they was like, yeah, you did this. And I was like, you know, anxiety and all that shit, all that shit. I was so re- reluctant to go to the doctor for um, my wife at that time, you know, told me to go. And I was like, nah, I'm fucking go. I decided so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and go because maybe it'll help out, you know. Maybe I ain't never get to, you know. And when I got there, I learned that, damn, I never thought about these things like this going in, in my childhood. You know, some of the things that I've seen, like I said, you know, I wasn't in the streets. I wasn't doing no shooting, no, you know what I'm saying, no dealing or nothing like that. So I never had those type of worries, but had the house broken into, had my shit stolen. Heard shootouts, seen, you know, a couple dead bodies, you know, seen people get beat up bad, seen people get shot live, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, you know, and, and at that point, you know, I had already lost my mother, so it's like, you know, losing her, going, going through all that, being in college, having a kid, like, those things that I had to unpack at that time was... Oh shit, it wasn't nothing but like a year, maybe two, three years, 2020, 2017, so 2017, I was 27, so yeah, at 27, I had to unpack 27 years worth of shit to a person that I didn't even, that I don't even fucking know, right? I was so unsure about that shit. I was like, man, look, people don't give a fuck. They act, you know, check. They, you know, got a nice office. Smell like, 
you know, patchouli. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers don't care about me. You know what I'm saying? They just gonna send me home with a stress ball or whatever, man. That shit helped me out way more than I thought it was. I still have therapy to this day. Um, so, but I had to take measures now. I'm still trying to get a routine on how I do things. It's kind of difficult when, um, you know, I'm a truck driver, so my hours is kind of fucked off. But, you know, that's no excuse. I still have to, to d- develop a healthy routine, you know. Sometimes, you know, I, I, you know, I can turn things that's healthy into, uh, you know, negative, you know. Playing the Xbox, it... It uh, it relaxes me, you know. Give me something to do, you know what I'm saying. Get my mind working, but I can't be on that shit more than two hours out of the fucking day, three hours out of the fucking day, depending on what day it is. Can't do it, cause then it'd be too much, you know. And I'm losing time, you know. I also like to read, you know. So I get my reading on. I love listening to music, you know. I listen to music. You know, or just, you know, cut on, you know, my little jazz or my little contemporary music, classical music, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I just sit in the fucking dark, you know, light some candles, get my incense popping. You know what I'm saying? Had a, you know, had a whole house smell like sex on the beach. And I calm the fuck down. I just think. I listen to music and I just think. Think about my future. What are my problems now? How to solve those problems? My goals. You know, it's like a mental checkup. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like asking yourself, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Sitting down asking yourself, hey, my nigga, how you doing? So if you want to, you can go to your house. Go look in the mirror. Ask yourself. What's up, my nigga? How you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good? What's going on? <laughs> Give a fuck how I sound, motherfucker. It, it, it worked for me, so fuck y'all. We talking shit. <clears throat> anyway, um, that's what I do, and it helps me every single morning. I get up early in the morning, two, three, four. Like a little truck driver, you know. Whatever it's. Sporadic. As I go and do it, you know, because I know it's gonna help me out throughout my day. I do it when I start my day. I do it when I end my day. So on a lighter note, that's probably more of a routine, low key. I do that shit at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. I have to. I have to balance that shit. Up. I can't go to sleep without doing it. I can't wake up without doing it. If I do, I'ma notice because my day gonna be fucked up because I didn't focus right. You know. Then focus. You gotta check yourself. You know what I'm saying? You know? You can't just be out here wondering to fuck around. That's the problem with today. If a bunch of people, I bet, yeah, I put it like this. We live, uh, we live in a world, right? We live in a country, uh, we live in a world. 
that we see traumatic shit all the time growing up. You know? Shit that some countries ban. But we see it over here in America. <clears throat> we have so much freedom, so much uh, access sometimes. It, sometimes it, it goes to our own uh, demise. You know what I'm saying? We get attached to the wrong shit. And if we if we see it young enough, and you know you can look this up, you know your most important years if you learn shit is when you're young. You know I don't know what I think it was zero to five or zero to seven or whatever the fuck it is. You can find this shit yourself. But we learn more when we're young than we do, you know, when we are adults. You know, we're watching our, you know, we. Watching what's around us, watching TV, watching our parents, watching our brother, watching our sisters, and we adapt, and we adopt some of those behaviors and things, whether they're good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we just go through life thinking it's a certain way. You know, if you grew up in a you know in a neighborhood in a part of town like I grew up in. You know, I grew up in South Dallas, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I stayed somewhere halfway in between Lego Park and 44. So, walking home from high school, middle school, it don't matter, man. Like, you just going to see shit, you know, being in South Dallas, wherever you at. Being in your hood, you just going to see shit that you think is normal. That shit ain't fucking normal. But everybody around there is some type of hurt. You know, and I can go deeper into it. You know, it kind of goes into politics. Matter of fact, I will. I will. <clears throat> How do you expect people to make it and survive, right, in the side of the city where you don't really, where you don't really fuck with it, right? They don't really, you know, they don't really fuck with South Dallas like that. Right? Oh, man. But when the fair comes, when the state fair of Texas comes, right? State fair of Texas comes. Ooh, it's popping in South Dallas, man. Not saying I ain't popping here all the time, but we're talking about just as far as money, the biggest, you know, the biggest events in South Dallas is just so happen to be one of the biggest fairs in the fucking nation. Right? State fair of Texas. Everybody, every every corner, every crevice of Texas, they come to South Dallas to go to the State Fair of Texas. They come to South Dallas to see the big first. Well, they come to South Dallas to see Big Tex. Texas versus OU. Two big story schools, colleges, come down to the Cotton Bowl, which is in South Dallas, and come play their game every fucking year. Millions of dollars. Grambling. Prairie View. The equivalent to a OU and a Texas or HBCUs, one of them. Story we might have robbery, but they come to the Cotton Bowl every fucking year. Besides this shit, Corona shit, but every fucking year, or a few past, I think they they switched it. But when I was growing up, it was ground and perfect. I don't know what the fuck it is now, but so how do you expect people to make it? You know, 
people are, that live around the area, they do their best. The small businesses thrive in South Dallas because that's all we have. We couldn't name too many name brands. Like, we didn't grow up with no fucking Burger King in South Dallas. Like, we didn't go to no Burger King and all that shit. Like, we had McDonald's. But McDonald's is everywhere. We had McDonald's. We had uh, Minyards. We had Family Dollars. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other shit. Easy Pond. Uh, shit. Not much. And fucking McDonald's and forever. Everything else was a small business, small black business. Two partners, Hennessons, Williams. All those started, you know, that they were small businesses. Now they, you know, I mean, they, they were, I wouldn't say small, but majority of small to medium sized businesses, they, it wasn't like big nationwide corporate. It still ain't that way. It's just regional shit. But, you know, we had those things to depend on. How we went, how we ate, how we dressed. You know, to go get something fly, you couldn't just go down the street. You had to go to the mall all the way in motherfucking Mesquite, Texas. Or take your ass up there with the motherfucking, uh, <laughs> if they get, uh, North Park. Go to North Park. You know what I'm saying? Go to North Park, get humble real quick. You know what I'm saying? You think you, think you got some money until you walk, walk your ass up in North Park. And motherfuckers is out there driving, you know, drop top, <laughs> you know, Maseratis, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, shit, motherfucking. And, and then you want to see some cars, go to No Park. Go to the fucking gallery. Go. You know what I'm saying? Like, go. And you, you, you'll you see, you know, if you think you're just riding around, all right, it'll put you, it'll put you motherfucking brain perspective it, 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 you're gonna either hate or it's gonna motivate you that's all i'm saying anyway but we had to travel far right you know for a long time we didn't have you know like we didn't have a lot of shit growing up but it got better like when i got a senior in high school we had jack in the box <laughs> you know what i'm saying my senior year in high school it was jack in the box and niggas was going crazy over jack in the box Niggas was like, nigga got curly fries? Hell yeah, nigga got curly fries. They go to the Jack in the Box, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We had got tired of eating Walker's Barbecue and fucking me, you know what I'm saying? Corner store burgers, corner store, you know, three-piece three waiting dinners and hot link sandwiches. We, nigga, they, Jack in the Box is in town, nigga. They gonna give you a little, a, a little uh, clown head, nigga. Put on your little antenna and some curly fries and have a fucking nice day. Salvador Jack, bitch. You know what I'm saying? That was, you know, like, and some, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that shows you, like, it's it's kind of landlocked in a certain, in, in a sense. They, they they put, they put big ass highways on every side of it. So we got to go far for all that shit. We, if we want Burger King, we got to go to Pleasant Grove Burger King. We didn't have a pizza place. We had a black-owned pizza place, uh, Black Jack Pizza. But niggas started being stupid and started robbing us and stopped delivering. You got to come pick that shit up. The only pizza place that would deliver to anywhere inside Dallas, I think, at least to where I was, was a Domino's Pizza on Gaston Avenue. 
and that was kind of like in between because Sundown is right off downtown. So that was kind of like in the, you know, in between area, but it was the area. Domino's, um, if you want <coughs> delivery pizza, and nigga, you better call for the street lights come on. Don't you, don't you fucking get around eight, nine o'clock and be like, I'm gonna call pizza up, nigga. This is not that. No, nigga, gonna run up on that nigga. And shake that nigga down for all the dominoes. You know what I'm saying? Everything he got. Cheesy bread, nigga. He gonna shake your ass down for that shit, young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just how it was. It's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? We haven't had niggas ride the ice cream, man. Kill some nigga. Actually. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. You know what I'm saying? But the mental, how you for people to thrive when every piece of money that's made in September, that's why... It's interesting watching, even though I don't live in, in Dallas anymore, it's interesting to watch how they're operating. Because the fair is not, you know, not open this, this year. So they kind of, it's weird. Texas, are, you know, you're going to happen at a different time, I think. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just not normal. So it's weird. But I feel like it's good, you know. But how you expect people to maintain when they see all the money going into the, to the fair, they see all the money coming out to the fair. And them businesses around there, them small businesses, they be booming. And if you were, and if you know how to maneuver around South Dallas, you, you know what spots to go to get you whatever you need and how you need it and, you know what I'm saying, whatever. So that's what it was, you know. But when that shit left, when they took that shit and went the fuck on, all the festivities and all that shit ended, it just seemed like a, a piece of the air was sucked out of the neighborhood that I loved. It sucked out the side of town that got so much culture in it that I loved. And it was back to everyday, regular old South Dallas. When in fact, you know, it's not just regular old South Dallas. It's much more than that. It's beautiful. It's a diamond in the rough, if you ask me. But we never got... Which, to my knowledge, it it wasn't no, let's beautify South Dallas. Let's get it rejuvenated. You know, millions and millions of dollars every fucking year. Now, I know it's for the city, but you might want to throw some money into the into the part of the city where it's at. So, motherfuckers that come from Norman, Oklahoma, and he from middle of nowhere, goddamn Oklahoma, and he go down to the goddamn Cotton Bowl, for the game, and he wandering around. Ooh, this is a all right neighborhood. Let me see what's around here. And he get his look, gets <laughs> look goofy ass stuck off of it. You know what I'm saying? On, on. <laughs> I get the street. I ain't doing that. But he get his ass stuck trying to be a fucking tourist in an area that's not made for tourists. It's not made for that. It's not made to say, ooh, look, look, look at the niggas all around here. Look at that. Some of them wear red. Some of them wear blue. You know what I'm saying? Some of them got gold teeth. Yeah, all right. You roll your ass off and you best stay your ass around the fair. And even at the fair, you you you, you know, you'll get like, you know, they can smell, you know, out of town. You know, but they bring money, you know. And they know that you got the money on you. So they're coming to get you if you ain't in the right spot, around the right people, parked in the right spot. Yeah, your car might anyway. But you don't put no money back into that that neighborhood. You don't put no money into those schools and those those neighborhoods. We still learning how to 
beat up books and having to deal with asbestos on so and miss so and so's room. So we got to move to the other room or go to class in the gym, or shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So how do you expect those people's mentalities to be healthy when you strip a lot of things from them? You don't put back what we giving out and hospitality and just keeping niggas safe and um just the regular everyday hustle it ain't a whole lot of places to work you know what i'm saying so dudes on there like to work is a hassle to work you're gonna have to go get on the bus downtown go to this terminal and hit nigga that's for some people they can do it you might have to hit the train or whatever some people can do it, but some of them don't. A lot of people don't. So they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they're in a fucking snow globe, a bubble, if you will. And they resort to the streets. And like, if if not the streets, just a mentality of, hey, I got to go get it. Get it how I live, as I say. You know what I'm saying? You produce that mentality when you don't give back, when you don't show people other things. See, I had the luck. <clears throat> and the blessing of seeing outside of South Dallas early. Thanks to my brother. When he went to Michigan, going up to see him, passing through all those states, like, that was a blessing. Like, they let me know, like, man, it's a lot more out here than the rest of the shit. Like, I know it was out there. Like, I see it on TV, but now I'm touching it. I'm on, I'm, I'm ten toes, you know what I'm saying? In a whole other piece of land. With a whole other people. So it did a lot for me growing up to realize that. And because I, I always knew, like, if I had to live in, in uh, if I had to live shit, any other, you know, else in Texas, I, I, I could do it. Now, I'd be lying if I told you I think I would just be a state up in Oklahoma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At this point, that age of my life, I think I was going to try to move out to like the Bahamas somewhere and have about two or three wives or something. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, you know, eating mangoes off the land and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Getting sucked up while getting some banana leaves fanned on me. You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. But we all have our fantasies. But anyway, point for <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That was a nigga life, man. I was like, shit, I'm about to be in fucking Bahamas and on the islands, man, getting donned while the other one give me banana leaf wind and feeding me uh, mangoes and eating conch and shit. That's what I thought I was going, you know. Come on, now, fuck with me. You act like you never had no dream before. Stop playing on me, man. Anyway, let's go to this next one, man. Perfect time to transition to social, social adversity. How we interact with people is paramount to our success. That means that anyone who doesn't have a certain social skills is at a major disadvantage. And the people who are awkward face major and sometimes insurmountable hurdles to succeed in in either personal or professional lives. We know people that's socially awkward, right? The nigga Kawhi Leonard is a perfect example of niggas being socially awkward. Like, he don't just don't fuck with shit. He's not the typical of what you'll see in the million-dollar NBA player. 
He ain't walking around a motherfucker with, you know what I'm saying? Not saying nothing, but something wrong with that, but he's just not a typical. So he kind of stands out in a way, especially as, you know, more people were recognized, you know, of his talent. They recognize his talent, like, oh, shit, this little motherfucker. <laughs> he quiet, nigga wearing straight back cornrows, like, no design. Like, like whatever bitch doing his hair, it's like, straight backs. You know what I'm saying? Just straight backs. And he going about his fucking day. He don't give a fuck. Excuse me. He don't give a fuck. He just don't. See it on his face. Don't give a fuck. He fucking robot. Get on the court. He get, Even his laugh is awkward. Uh, yeah, his fucking laugh is awkward. You know what I'm saying? But he's a perfect example of a socially awkward person. But I guarantee you growing up through life, um, he had his challenges with people. Because he wasn't maybe as social. As it was, I hadn't done any research on his life, but I remember seeing like a little documentary or something. Like, he grew up, you know, in California. He grew up in Compton, I think. So, you know, people was talking, they pressing or whatever, and he just was socially awkward kid. But he could hoop, so hooping was his refuge. Like he didn't have to say much, but when he go out here in the fucking court, and he fucking lock your ass down. You know what I'm saying? Go on fucking court and he take that bitch from coast to coast or do some, just do some miraculous high-level raw talent type shit. Then he ain't got to say much. People knew who he was. He established himself. So it didn't bother him as much, you know, as far as when he got you know, on the court. You know, but I'm pretty sure he had his struggles, you know, on and out the court, you know, <clears throat> being more vocal or whatever. He just, that's just his thing. You be watching with the interviews, he just seems socially awkward. It just seems awkward, right? You know, you see people like Bill Belichick, you know. He don't say much, but I guarantee you, not because he don't have shit to say. I mean, he really would like to say something, but he ain't going to tell you because he don't like all this other shit. All this camera and shit like that. He going to say it to his people when all the camera's off or whatever. But he sometimes it gets socially awkward. People just can't come to accept it. If that's who you are, you know, you just accept it. Some people just don't know how to speak or the proper way to speak. Me personally, you know, you can already hear it in my voice, but I stutter a little bit, right? It's not so much, it's not so much where I can't get a sentence off or anything like that. It's not severe, but, you know, it, it has done its part in hindering me in life. Especially when I was a kid. And then, you know, when I was an adult, like, they didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? But as a kid, sometimes it'll break me the fuck down. You know? <clears throat> People just make fun of you. Even the kids are cruel, man. Them little motherfuckers. You have made fun of me for me stuttering, man. You know, fuck you. But anyway, uh, it kind of was... Um, it was weird, man. And then want to talk so fast, and then getting the the uh, anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Of like, damn, well, now they looking at me now. I got something to say. I gotta get, get, you know, I gotta shove this shit out. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking weird, man. Tommy fucking hurt, but you know, shit like that. You gotta fight through it. You gotta work on speaking. You know what I'm saying? Work on. You know, 
being articulate and announcing, you know, whatever, announcing hate, whatever. I got a little saucy, so I'm not too crisp right now. I'm edged off. <laughs> what you know what I'm saying? Pronounce your words and, you know, be, you know, shit like that. So, but for some people, that's a struggle. And a lot of times when I'm out in public, if I don't have nobody to talk to or if I ain't nothing to say, I'm not going to fucking say nothing because I don't really want I don't really want to talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, every now and then, you know, I, I do like to get into a little small talk conversations. I'm a truck driver, so after you spend so much time in a motherfucking truck, <clears throat> you really want to talk to somebody else other than you and Google and listen to YouTube or Spotify you know, or whoever on your phone, so, you know, call somebody, shit like that, so, but, yeah, you know, type of adversity, because, you know, especially, mostly in school, like, I don't really see a whole lot of, you know, being adults, but in school, if, you know, you know, they want you to be the cool, you know, you want to be cool, if you ain't cool, nigga, you lame, you gotta go sit at a hole, Another table. I think it was so fucked up how they made niggas go sit at a whole nother table. It's because six motherfuckers thought they wasn't cool. I think the most goofiest shit of all the time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't sit at the cool kids' table. Say so you do sit at the cool kids' table. Nigga, it's gonna be awkward. Motherfucker ask you, well, what the fuck you doing here? Lame man, nigga. All that goof ass shit. Yeah. But that's social status, you know what I'm saying? Like me personally. Hey, if you got a chance, man, run to the liquor store. Grab you some crown royal carp. That shit go big. Anyway. Um, in high school, I wasn't just uber popular, right? I feel like I was popular by default because everybody knew who my family members was, my mama, my brother, my daddy, and, um, I played football, so, and I started, you know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't like I was sorry. You know what I'm saying? I, I was decent at football. I was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? If I say so myself. So people knew who I was. And I just gained friends. Like, my friends vary. Like, it wasn't like I just had, oh, this is just a cool click friends. You're going to talk to people that's cool type shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had friends in the band. I had friends. Shit. You know what I'm saying? Different sports. My folks in the chess club. Benjamin. Like, all type of shit. Like, my friends vary. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, I wouldn't feel like myself in these type circles where everybody's popular and cool. Like, I ain't had the brand new whatever shoes. I ain't had a brand new shirt. I wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't have no big rims on the wheel. I wasn't garnering any attention. Neither did I fucking want to because I feel like that shit to me was weird. Um, when people just follow people just because, oh, he got this, so let's follow him. Like, that's that's weird to me. Like, it's weird when people follow trends. You know what I'm saying? I've always been one to kind of set my own shit. 
or just not do the shit that everybody else do. Like when everybody used to go to school, go to school or when the, with some J's, they came out, and everybody want to go get the J's, right? Now, the next day the J's come, it be half the schools, niggas walking around like fucking, the shit reminded me of some anime shit. It reminded me of motherfuckers like some androids. Everybody had the same shoes on. And we wore uniforms, so it wasn't like they could jazz that shit up. Man. Like, we wore uniform. <coughs> so, you know, the most you can do shit is wear a, a, a different color shirt or maybe find something with a little bit of split a dash on your motherfucking collar. You know what I'm saying? A uniform shirt, but nigga, you was in that uniform shirt and dickies and whatever the fuck shoes you had. So everybody walking around looking the same, and that shit was weird to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I've never clamored at, oh, I got to go get, get, get the new J's. I got to go get the new whatever. You know what I'm saying? Of course, back then, I didn't have the money for it, you know. But even now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got the money for it. I can get, shit, every new pair of J's that fucking come out. But why, though? You know what I'm saying? For one thing, this year, I ain't going outside, so who the fuck going to see them hoes? Two. Why the fuck do I care if a motherfucker gone, you know, you know what I'm saying, kick it, you know what I'm saying, like, we ain't worried about no fucking shoes, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, if a bitch say, hey, I like you, so some of them are picky, like, if you, you know, whatever, but, you know, I, I ain't gonna, you know, I'm just gonna have on, like, you know, Cortez's or something simple, like, back then I used to wear, you know, some Chucks or, or even if you wear some Wookiees. Even if you whooped out, I remember when everybody, I mean, when they came out with them clear uh, <laughs> Air Forces, all them hoes wasn't real. It was some colors that didn't fucking exist. Niggas popping up. Niggas was going to Big T and Dallas South Bazaar and getting them, them clears. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but we're going to short story even shorter. It was a status thing, you know? Like, oh, he, we, well, we know he got money because his mama dropped him off in the bins and he coming out this hole with the brand new uh, J's on. You know what I'm saying? He fresh every day. Cool. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. You know? I'm not hating on it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Shit. If, if my parents had the money, I'd be dripping every day too. I'd come to school on some dumb shit just like they did. But... They didn't. And if they did, it wasn't my interest. It, I, I, I wasn't interested in clothes and shit. I was, I was interested in, in just off-the-wall shit. Like, I was comic books and it ain't off-the-wall shit, but it ain't. You know what I'm saying? I remember when everybody, you know, well, everybody want to be a superhero now, but I remember when I was re in high school and I was reading you know what I'm saying, Black Panther, and you know what I'm saying, tell them, tell them, sitting here having a, a a fucking argument with niggas, telling niggas when the Blade movie came out, nigga, Blade is on Marvel, he is a superhero, he, I mean, not a superhero, but he, whatever, but he on Marvel, he a comic book character, no, he ain't, nigga, that's, da, da, da. nigga, you arguing with me, and I'm reading the comic books, dog, my daddy was a, is a comic, a, a black comic book enthusiast. So you talking to a nigga that know what the fuck you talking about. But people want to argue. So anyway. But that was the type of shit I was on. You know what I'm saying? 
I was on, you know, doing shit. Like, like my mind wasn't really on girls, none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was enjoying being a kid. Like, I wasn't worried about no hoes. Now, I was definitely trying to score. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't just the number one thing. I, I went to school with on my fucking mind like some motherfuckers go. Like, it's some... <laughs> like, it was some girls at, at that school that they just, you know... It was some boys and girls that... <laughs> They just came to school to fuck something. You know what I'm saying? Straight up, man. They didn't come to school to learn. Them niggas went auditorium. Anyway, they don't, you know, whatever. Anyway, but short story even short. My mind wasn't on that. But it's a social status attached to them. So, like I said, I felt like I was popular by default. Like, I wasn't just one. Everybody was like, hey, you got to go. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? If you fuck with me, I fucked with you. You know what I'm saying? If you always treated me with respect. You know, vice versa. You know, I, I never was one to try to select my friends. You know what I'm saying? As far as whether who they are. Now, we, you know, friends as far as are they positive or negative, you got to be selective. But, you know, I like the friends to happen naturally. You know what I'm saying? Not like, ooh, I see him over there. I mean, let me go over here and be in. You know what I'm saying? It was so many... All these motherfuckers, they be playing, they they just ill and all this shit, man. They was over there being some nigga's cheerleader. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These, these are the niggas that, that was thought we was a shit. These niggas that thought that was a shit. These niggas was cheerleaders for another nigga that they thought was better than them. Like, not, like everybody ain't, ain't, you know what I'm saying? It was cheerleaders. Some of you niggas know who you are. Y'all niggas right up under a nigga. Yeah, man, you you be doing the damn thing. Looking at that boy, stupid ass little nigga, weak ass boy. Over there being no nigga cheerleading and shit. You know what I'm saying? Try to ride coattails. Nigga, my nigga cold, man. My nigga. It's one thing to support. It's nothing, nigga. It's, it, you know, it's something to take, take it too far. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it be like, man. Boy, being truly the man, you know what I'm saying? Like, get off that nigga dick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, my nigga, like that nigga, all right, he cool, yeah. But, nigga, what you do? You know what I'm saying? It's to a certain point, it's like, all right, what you do? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. You know what I'm saying? But some of those things, my examples of having social social adversity, you know, makes you have social anxiety. You know. Girls are very catty. I used to just watch the girls sometimes. I used to just observe them. Well, number one, I was trying to see how their ass looked and them dickies. You know what I'm saying? Them, them dickies going to hold. They don't hold that ass up. The capris and the dicky pants. You know what I'm saying? When the girls was coming to school with the... When they came out with the dick... First of all, when they came out with, 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 with uniforms, right? And so when the girls came in with the the dickies, but they were capris, and the girls came in with, with their little color belt, they be having a little color. I'm saying, man, I'm trying to see what they're here for. Anyway, I used to just observe the girls, and as I was observing the girls, I would just see them, like, being groups and be very, you know what I'm saying, just be very tribal, you know what I'm saying, and, Coming up with team names and then be the so 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 was whooping bitches' asses, you know what I'm saying? Shit was crazy. Seeing the girl get whooped, they played 
Nucky if you buck. God damn it, some nuts got bucked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they played that shit and I looked up and it was whoa, whoa. I was like, whoa, shit. Yeah. What the fuck going on? Niggas start throwing mashed potatoes. And, uh, nah, it was morning time. Niggas was throwing the motherfucking, uh, god damn, the fuck they throwing. Anyway, they was throwing shit. Sausages or something, some wild shit. Hash browns or some shit. Anyway, just saying. You know, I don't know how it is to be a woman, but from the outside looking in, it seems like women, men do too, but I'm about to say women, uh, women have more like, they're more tribal as far as their groups. You know what I'm saying? Um, I guess you can say that for, 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 for both. For both. Because there's some dudes that are tribal about their groups. I mean, you, you have to be to a certain extent, but... Um, you know, just people being around people, not because they really fuck with them, not because they genuinely care for them or genuinely love them, but because they look cool or they got something that they don't got, so they don't hang around that person. A lot of times, they be the person that do you wrong, person that be right, right up under you. And, you know what I'm saying? Giving, you know, hey, my nigga, you cool, hey. My nigga got them hoes, my nigga got them, you know what I'm saying? This, this, and that. And, uh, it's like, nigga. Dick riding is not a form of transportation. You cannot pay for that to take you across town. So why are you doing it? Meanwhile, what you doing? Well, you know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I never, and I think I, I can attribute that to my people, you know, my brother, my, my mother, my dad, my grandmother, you know, of being an individual, you know, doing what you like to do. When the fuck you want to do it? And not being ashamed of what the fuck you want to do. Like, shit, if you like reading comic books, nigga, go fucking read your comic book. Give a fuck who walked by and say what about nothing. You know what I'm saying? If you like goddamn me playing jacks, nigga, play some fucking jacks. Now, nigga gonna look at you weird, but that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? It's being yourself. Your most important thing. Fuck, fuck the rest of that shit. The rest of that shit is kind of like window dressing. The meat of it is being an individual, you know. A lot of times people who feel like they're socially awkward, they feel misunderstood. And until you realize that it's okay to be misunderstood, that's when you really kind of settle in. Like, okay, this is who I am. But until you get, until you, you reach that point, you're kind of like, uh you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have your time where you, you know, especially when you're a kid or you try to fit in this circle, fit in, you know, because you're, you're, you're trying to figure out what your identity is. You're trying to figure out, you know, what your circle is. You're trying to figure out where you belong in life or just in school, but in life in general. You know what I'm saying? So, me personally, I had an uncanny ability to kind of be a chameleon. Like, I can hang around, you know what I'm saying, whoever being the most popular or popular, whoever, and then I can hang around people who who ain't, quote-unquote, as popular. You know what I'm saying? And probably have a more um, exciting conversation if me and my homeboy, and he he don't play sports, he don't do nothing, he don't, he just go to school and, you know what I'm saying, got Pokemon cards. Well, shit. Nigga, pull up. I watch Pokemon too, nigga. I got cars. I got about 50 in my backpack, nigga. 
And I got the goddamn stones with me. Nigga, what's up on this concrete? What's up? And I got a holographic. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes niggas will be surprised, like, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I'm no different than the rest of this. Just because I play ball or that I mean, you know what I'm saying? This, this ain't no coming down. Nigga, this, this is just people, bro. You a person. I'm a person. You know what I'm saying? Like, my interests are my interests. Like, nigga, if I didn't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying? I was a fucking kid. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't worried... I wasn't really worried about trying to get no pussy till my senior year of high school, to be honest. And I accomplished that goal. So, hey, you can accomplish it. You know, wasn't what I thought it was, but that's another story for another day. I might tell it. I don't know. Anyway, you know, um, yeah, that was the, that, that was the, the type of nigga. Like, I love music, so I had you know, a lot of friends that was in the band. Some, some, you know, some of the. The realest niggas I ever met, you know what I'm saying? When sometimes niggas like, oh, them band geeks or band we or whatever. I'm like, nigga, that shit is music. That shit is hard. You know what I'm saying? But I understand that because my dad was a musician. He was in the band. He um, was the director of a band at Paul Quinn once upon a time. Um, <clears throat> and music has always been a part of my life, so I didn't see them as in, like, indifferent. Like, niggas go hard. You hear that shit? That shit is a fucking... Ghetto Symphony right there. You know what I'm saying? That That's what the marching band is to, to real niggas. When you come out on the football field, you know what I'm saying? To me personally, you, you, you feel it more because your homeboy snare. You, you know what I'm saying? You got a homegirl that's in the drill team, a couple homegirls in the drill team. or You hear the band, nigga play the tuba, nigga play the sax, nigga play the trumpet. You know what I'm saying? Nigga play the bass drum, niggas on, you know what I'm saying, trombone or whatever the fuck, clarinet. The little stick shit, whatever the fuck niggas on, you feel that shit, bro, because it's like, okay, them my niggas up there. So when they playing this shit for us to come out to in a fucking game, nigga, when they play that shit, it's time to come out and put a motherfucker on their neck. You know what I'm saying? I got people in the crowd watching me. My friends watching me. My mama, she yelling my, she yelling my name, mad at me when I come to the sideline because I missed the tackle. Said me get my shit together. Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And so I've always had an ability to make friends, whoever they are. No matter what race, what you identify as. I don't give a fuck. If you're cool with me, I'm cool with you. You know what I'm saying? I never, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that that old picky, picky shit. Sometimes people be doing, man, that shit weird to me. I can't really get in detail about it because I haven't thought about it. I don't think I'd be in this direction. Uh, speaking about that, but hey, it what it is. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's niggas. It's it, it's one thing to support and somebody be your friend. It's one thing when you know it's a nigga that don't really like the nigga that he around, but he around them every day. It's like, bro, you 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 weird. You just around somebody because what they got on. You you just around somebody like not because they cool, not because hey man. He a real nigga. He he helped me out one day. I was short of a 50, 50 cent, and he threw me 75 cents and told me to keep the quarter type shit. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? So you, it, it ain't nobody where you can grow up and y'all didn't have much. It's summertime. Y'all stay outside all day, scoop up whatever change y'all got, and go get a large snow cone because it'd be a lot cheaper. They get two separate snow cones. Get a large snow cone, ask the lady for two small cups or two medium cups, 
and split the snow cone. Nigga, pour that shit in one cup and pour that shit in the other cup. It wasn't nobody you had to scrape chains together and y'all had to split a hot lake basket. It was two hot links in that bitch. And you got one, he got one. Y'all parted the fries equally. And it was four pickles, so we each got two. Piece of whole bread, tear that bitch in half. You know what I'm saying? Half a pickle, half a Kool-Aid pickle with a nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's friendship. You just around niggas because you just like what they got on. That's weird. That's weird to me. Not because you don't... You know what I'm saying? But because, oh, he got the new J's, so I'm going to be his friend today. Just because he got the new J's on, or he got the new Nikes on, or she got the new Melissa's on, whatever the fuck. Y'all used to wear that goof-ass shit in Melissa's. Just because she got the Melissa's on, or just because she got a uh, color eye, eye contact, just because she got her belly button. You know, you just want to be friends with somebody just because of materials. But nothing of substance. Nothing of purpose. Nothing that's concrete. You know, that's weird to me. No, I kind of got off, but fuck it. That's how it go. Trill Pill Podcast. You don't like it, get the fuck out. So, go to this next one. Spiritual adversity. Most of us... Um, desperately need to learn how to have our feelings without letting them overcome us. You know, our emotional maturity comes from experiences and an effective state of the mind. Those who don't have that maturity face more difficulties in life. A very common, very human problem for, for people who undervalue themselves, you know, it's very common for us to undervalue ourselves. We, we don't know our value because we don't, we know, we don't. Knowing your worth, knowing your value is something that you have to learn, basically. But those individuals need to learn how to improve their self-worth. Another emotion that can overwhelm us is rage, you know, being angry. Look, man, I don't see niggas get socked the fuck out in class, right? And a classroom is... Is not the place that you would think would be an arena for hand-to-hand, fist-to-fist combat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, look, my middle school, man, I, I went to Pearl C. Anderson. If anybody from Dallas or know about Dallas knows about Pearl C. Anderson, they know that's... Bro. There's <laughs> people that... Was some from South Dallas that drove their kids way across town because they didn't want their kid to be in Pearl C. Anderson. Pearl C. Anderson was middle school. Uh, it had a reputation largely because the city is fucking stupid. We got two high schools in South Dallas, but we don't have two middle schools. So when you put everybody from South Dallas, from every hood, every nook and cranny and crevice into one school, in a closed setting, in a school, and the school was wrapped. The school was, from the from the appearance, you can still write up on them today, I think. But from the appearance, you would think that that shit is a juvenile detention center. Because it's barbed wire all around the goddamn school. That's how throat it was. I done seen a helicopter come down on the football field to go help some shit. To go, don't know what the fuck was going on. 
right? I done seen some wild shit at Pearl C. Anderson Middle School. Like some wild shit. Some shit that was like east side high type behavior going on. You know what I'm saying? First day of school, everybody getting in line for they for their classes and shit. We had pods there. So everybody had pods. You know what I'm saying? My pod was Jackson State. There was other pods around us in the seventh. I can think of all of them. Prairie View. The pods, the pods were named at the colleges. Brave idea. Great idea. But niggas would be pod banging. Like literally. If you didn't, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> first day of school, I got the shit slapped out of me. You know what I'm saying? A motherfucker said, uh God damn, what's the other pod? I don't know it was. I was Jackson State. It had to be, it had to be preview. It was, it was some other shit. And he was like, something, something, something. Smack the shit out of me. We was in the mix. Hauled off. I chased a nigga down until this big security guard named Tyson. He nigga had to come and get me up off the nigga. I just I hopped him down. And I remember in my mind, like, oh, I don't want to get in a fight first day, so I'm just going to choke that nigga. <laughs> I ain't want to throw no punches in the first day. I like I wasn't a fighter growing up, so you know what I'm saying? My first thing is not nigga, I'm trying to, you know, people who don't grow up as fighters, man, that they don't grow up without a punch. They they fire the flights, put you in a fucking submission. Like I ain't threw a whole lot of punches in my life until I got the Pearl C. You know what I'm saying? I had to throw some punches. You know, won some, lost some, but I threw. Threw them. You know, it's coming to life. But but, um, the dark side of it is you have a lot of kids in there at that very prime age that don't know how to control their emotions. They're at a point in their age where they are being asked to do, asked to have adult responsibilities, like take care of people. Um. Make money, you know, represent a hood, you know, game bang, you know what I'm saying? They just had, they just, these are things that they adopted, you know what I'm saying? It's everywhere, so it's it's only a few of us that don't, that don't get, you know, sucked in to their lifestyle. There's a lot of my friends that did, you know what I'm saying? They still here, you know, some of them not. Some of them locked up, you know what I'm saying? But it's hard. Like, nobody was coming and showing us shit. You know what I'm saying? But nobody come and see to these other schools, man. I remember when I worked at the middle school in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And it was like, man, they had people come and just show them so much love and how to do. I'm like, damn, I ain't never get that in middle school. Ain't nobody show how to do shit. They just basically say, here at school, hope you can fight. We got a principal, God rest his soul. Well, rest in peace, Mr. Leon Hamilton. One of the realest people, the trillest people ever, ever, ever in life. Even at the middle school. I didn't even, I seen him one day at a side of football game. I didn't even know he knew my name. You know what I'm saying? He sneezed. Spoil it, boy, you got, got your kid in it. Love. 
I didn't know. I didn't see him. At first, it took me a minute. I'm like, well, who was that? I'm like, oh, the shit, it's Mr. Hamilton. Damn, Mr. Hamilton was a capper. Mr. Hamilton was a newt. And he'll let you know he wore that hat. If you look up Mr. Leon Hamilton, he's a legend. God rest his soul. God bless him and his family. He is a legend. He was a noob. He gonna know. He had that big kappa paddle. The nigga would go around waving that motherfucker in the air. He had that hat on. Whenever, whenever we had to do something to get fresh, he always had had his little hat on, had his little hat with his letters on it, and had his little, you know what I'm saying? But he was a good dude. Like, he talked, you know what I'm saying? I, he went got in trouble sometimes. He, you know, he was a paddler now. That was back when paddling was paddling. So he brought that heat, but... He was somebody that would sit down, and one day I just was frustrated because I'm going, going through home stuff, and he was like, you got to learn how to control yourself, son. You cannot be out here just fighting because somebody says your mama this or your mama that. or so that, You know what I'm saying? A lot of times when I – in those times for me to fight, you know what I'm saying, I didn't want to fight, and I just started crying. It wasn't because I was scared. It was because I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to put no – I didn't want to put no no bad mojo on my family name. My family, you know what I'm saying, was is you know what I'm saying was prominent in that area. Like you know, I'm great what was it great uncle, whatever he is, he owned the, the building across the street from my elementary school. You know, he was one of the first black police chiefs in Dallas. You know, right now I'm a little too saucy to clarify his, you know. But that's my cousin, anyway. You know what I'm saying? He was—he's an old head in my family. One of the one of the elders who set the bar for us so high that we that that we get to nobody is fucking with it. Him and my grandma, nobody fucking with them. Anyway, you know. But that's that's they set the bar. You know. So he told me he knew he knew what type of you know what I'm saying cloth I was cut from. He told me, but you know what I'm saying, your people. Yo, you know, you got people that mean something. You know what I'm saying? You got, you know, do better. We know your mama. We know your daddy. Your brother. You know, they all came through. We know them. You know what I'm saying? But, so, would you want to ruin it by getting suspended and all that? You know, now, sometimes I had to defend myself, and I did. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? But, for the most part... I was, you know, I wasn't trying to get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't, I didn't want to fight. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't ever scared of nothing. I just, I was more scared of me making my mother disappoint my mother and my dad because they would have to walk around with that. You know what I'm saying? That's how, that's how I thought about it. They would have to walk around with that shame. Oh, your boy, whatever. And whatever me and my brother did, we all try to make our parents proud. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it did, no, no matter how low we was down or how, how far we, we was up, we got to make her proud all the time, still to this fucking day. You know what I'm saying? But I had to learn how to control my emotions, right? And a lot of times, I it was difficult when I was young because I, I cried a lot. You know, I was coddled a lot. I was a little spoiled. You know what I'm saying? I was the youngest in the family. You know what I'm saying? Baby Khalil, you know what I'm saying? I was a little boy, man, and... So a lot of times, you know, I didn't, you know, I wasn't raised around a bunch of knucklehead ass niggas, you know what I'm saying? And but you know what I'm saying? But me and my friends click up and do knucklehead ass shit. But that was, you know, as far, you know what I'm saying? But you know, I had to learn how to control my emotions. 
You know what I'm saying? I didn't know how to control them. Um, I, me, personally, I feel like I was overwhelmed with a bunch of them. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't quite. Well, I came across anger, but not in a physical sense. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was angry, I didn't want to punch shit. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to punch nothing or, you know what I'm saying? Hit, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't my first or second or third type of reflex. It just fucked with me so bad. I just kind of have a nervous breakdown and panic. You know what I'm saying? But people kind of took that kind of weakness. But it's what it is. Fuck it. Um, so you have to be able to have a good circle around you, have good friends. Uh, or or even even when your friends are not around, you have to know how to handle that yourself. Once it's brought to your attention, or once you notice yourself getting out of pocket, like you know, whatever you're doing is not conducive to you living a, a productive lifestyle, then you need to fucking do some work on yourself. You know what I'm saying? You have to. My next one is spiritual, spiritual adversity. Faith in some kind of a higher power is generally an advantage in life. The higher power doesn't even have to be a God, though for many people it is. People who believe strongly in the human spirit, the power of community or something equally important will often attain a sense of peace that a lot of others do not. If you don't have that, you need to find it. Go find yourself, man. Go find Jesus. Go find a lie. Go. Enrich yourself by embracing something that you think matters. If you have already some kind of faith, but fear is slipping, return to the core of why you got, not why you got, of why you put your faith into it in the first fucking place. You know what I'm saying? When I was my mother, I had, you know, I had come to a point where I was, questioning God about a lot. And although for most of my life I identified, you know, as a Christian, it wasn't because of anything that I did. It was because that's what my mother was, you know. She believed in God. She believed in Christ. Even when I was younger, my dad was Muslim. So I grew up in a half-Muslim, half-Christian household, you know. And the fact that these days... That could never happen. It's rare to happen. But those days, my mother and my dad loved each other so much that them having a difference of religions didn't fucking bother them. They didn't let that shit get in front of their love. And that's what I respect for them to this day. They didn't, they, they didn't let that get in front of the love they gave me and my brother. You know? Um, so... That was different, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm doing Ramadan while I'm in Bible study, and my stomach is rumbling. You know what I'm saying? But the sun ain't went down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sun ain't went down yet. It's, it's starting. You know what I'm saying? It ain't went down yet. Until that sun go down, then we can eat. You know what I'm saying? But that's how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? And I also respect both religions and respect both the teachings. As I read them, and I'm re-reading the, the both of them, you know. I wouldn't call myself a Christian nowadays. I, I don't feel like I have a 
religion, but I do believe in God. I do believe in a higher power, a supreme being. Um, I when it breaks down to religion, I can go into it on another type of a podcast about religion, but <clears throat> I kind of look at it like as I'm gonna take, you know, I'm taking the information in. You know, I'm not worried about how the information is wrapped up. You know, it can either come to me in a plastic bag, some foil, or a styrofoam plate, but I'm getting the food that's in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't give a fuck if a goddamn hamburger come in a goddamn me, uh, foil wrap, bubble wrap, whatever. I was going to be weird, like, what the fuck, but I'm getting the food that's in it. Did you get the food? Was the food good? Yeah, shit was great. That's all I care about. It's all about the message. I think sometimes people get too tired up in who's giving the message and how the message is delivered and all that. You know what I'm saying? The question is, did you get the message? We all going to have purposes or whatever, but did you get the message? Like, did you just not get the message or did you just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One in one ear, out the other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but... I do believe in God, though. I know it's one. I've seen him before. Of course, I'm like, you know, whatever. But, you know, when I think about, when I read the Bible and I think about things that my mother has told me about him, I feel like I have a picture of him in my brain. And, yeah, he's black. Goddamn right he is. Well, maybe not black, but he's definitely a person of color, like, in the Middle East. It wasn't a bunch of... Anyway, that's different. But anyway, I got a picture of him, you know what I'm saying, in my brain. And from what my dad taught me, from my mom taught me, and my dad converted to being a Christian when I was 13. But, you know, I still think, like, just because a, a book, that, you know, just because people don't share your interests or um, ideologies or, you know, whatever, don't mean that, that the message is any less important the message is still important the question is did you get it did you comprehend what was in the quran or what what was in the what's the other one the Torah, whatever the fuck it is i can't think of it. what was in the bible you can't did you get the message though you know what i'm saying that's the most important part to me is getting the message you know so you know, like Cat Williams said, you know, it don't matter who fuck you believe in, you need to believe in something. You cannot walk around this motherfucker believing in nothing. <laughs> you can't. You know what I'm saying? It'll make you feel better. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's, it can be, you know, whatever, but, you know, to each his own. But me, I'm believing in GLB. You know what I'm saying? And read up on everything to read up on the the parables, the relationships, the life lessons, and that's what I want to get out of it is the meat of it. I'm at a point in my life where I don't like window dressing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't trying to, I don't care about, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want shit to be decent, but say, man, that shit is, hey. <laughs> the message. <laughs> Did you get the message? You know what I'm saying? It's it's amazing. People get caught up in so much bullshit, and we all do it. You know what I'm saying? We're all subjected to it, but it's like, damn. 
now that I'm 30, had three kids, been married, been with one person for a decade, you know, beautiful run, a beautiful run, say the least, a beautiful run, God bless, God bless her, God bless our kids, God bless the union that we had during that time, it was beautiful, all good things must come to an end, so we don't worry about that, but God bless that woman, never put no smut on her name, no matter how I feel. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> like, I had to talk to Jesus, man. When I lost my, my mama, that was my lowest point in my whole life so far. I was broken down to a fucking pebble. I felt so solid coming in school. I was Saying, wasn't just trying to be hard enough, but I just felt concrete. And when she passed away, it's like, man, I'm just so I had to go and get my own faith. I couldn't depend on her anymore. She couldn't baby me no more. She couldn't, you know what I'm saying? God, man, let me tell you something, man. He, 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 she passed away on her birthday. She was 55, straight up and down. To me, that means that's a full, that's a complete life. You pass away on your birthday. The day you were born is the day you pass away. So, my mother was, is a heavy spirit. You're going to feel when she's around you. You're going to know when she's around you. That's how much she loved people when she was here on earth. You're going to feel that same feeling, but, she, but you're not going to feel the actual physical warmth of a hug. But she's still here. You know. Your brother. Your pops. Your granny. Your cousin. Your child. Whoever. That was a loved one that you lost. That energy is still here. And it resides with you wherever you go. Because it was genuine love there. Your best friend. Your uncle. Whoever it was that you loved that passed away. Energy can be created or destroyed. So that energy resides within you. You got to tap into it. I ain't want to tap into mine. That shit was scary. My mama gone. My world gone. What I'm going to do? What do I believe in? I gave up for a certain amount of time. I almost gave my life up in a certain amount of time. You understand me? You know what I'm talking about? Can you feel that? Can you feel it? You know? That's real shit. That's real shit. I had to relearn myself at 22 years old and it's a struggle still it's only been eight years it'll never be over but i can't use that as an excuse i gotta use that as motivation to do what the fuck i need to do because i still have to make her proud because now i know better i'm 30 i'm more wise now i can tell my kids i can coach my kids 
my homeboys are going through shit like this. I already been through. I can give them game to make it through, or at least to get them what they need to get until they figure it out. I can show them support. Can't nobody show you support for something that you then they, they, they never been through. They can just wish the best, and nothing wrong with you know wishing the best. But unless you've been through it, you it's a certain feeling. You know something like it, but it ain't like it. But when somebody that been through would say, "Hey, it's gonna be all right, nigga," that shit hit you different. When my grandmother died, what did my daddy? Hey, man, it's gonna be straight. This man is in his seventies. I was in my twenties, and his mama died. Mama died first. His wife, granny died. His mama. He's the only child. I talked to him. Same, man. It's going to be all right, Pops. You know? got to make it, man. We're going gonna to be all right. Blessings. Blessings. They bestowed upon us, man. You understand me? Lessons they told us. They taught us. You understand? We all have to die. It's in inevitable. Ain't nobody ready for nobody they love to pass away. But it happens, and we gotta we gotta find ways to move around through it, to maneuver through it, to maintain, keep our peace, man. We can't be out here. We we grown ass people. We cannot be out here throwing. Monkey ass tantrums like we fucking little ass kids, man. We grown ass people. You still see people out in this fucking that'll just do some out of line shit because they angry. Nigga, everybody angry. Everybody got problems. Everybody got something they can be fucked up about. Everybody got something. We're not gonna get in no contest and who's doing the worst because that's weird shit. But everybody going through something. So buckle up, nigga. It's time to go. It ain't no easy process. Like I said, man, I'm still dealing with that shit now. Nigga, I'm 30 years old. I just got divorced, right? Fresh off divorce. Nigga, I can't just go to work angry as hell at the maintenance man because he didn't put a motherfucking mud flap on my truck yet. What? You can't do that. You got to control yourself. Angry as a motherfucker. I don't want to talk to nobody doing nothing. You know, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do for my birthday and shit. I get divorce papers. Huh? Week before my birthday and my father's day. So how fucking that shit made me feel? It don't matter to the outside world because the outside world has their own problems to handle. Their own problems to deal with. And as long as we keep Making other people responsible for solving our problems that we have with ourselves, we'll never move on as a fucking country. We'll never move on as a fucking people. We killing the earth. The reason why the earth is doing being fucked up, polar caps is, is motherfucking melting, man. All type of <laughs> all the wild shit about is happening. The goddamn Gulf is underwater every goddamn year. You know what I'm saying? Shit, man, you better wake the fuck up, nigga. It's about to go down. It's going down in this bitch. As we see, we got some shit that we can't even see. That's killing motherfuckers, allegedly. 
You know what I'm saying? I said allegedly because, you know, I'm, I'm about 75, 25 on it, but shout out to my conspiracy theorists. I'm with you. A little bit. Some That 5G shit y'all talked about earlier was weird. But anyway, yeah, man, you have to control yourself, man. You cannot be out here as, a, as, a, as an adult spazzing out on shit just because you don't get what you want. That's a fucking kid. That's a fucking tantrum. That's what, that's what we tell our kids, our nieces, our nephews. Man, if you don't sit your little ass down and chill the fuck out, it's going to be all right. I got you, but not right now type shit. Something bad happened to you. I understand it hurt. You know, they don't give you the right to go and shoot some shit up, punch some shit out. You know what I'm saying? Tear up your own shit, kill yourself. They don't give us the right to do that, man. Why do that when you can get stronger? You know, you can get stronger. That shit made me stronger. I'm, I, I, You know, like I said, man, I still struggle here and there. You know, I'm not going to sit here and lie. So I got to figure that. That's one thing I don't have is it figured out. None of us have this shit figured out. And to me, personally, I think we won't ever get this shit figured out until we're close to passing away. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you just can't, you gotta control yourself. It's some people out here that, that, that never had people to tell them, control themselves, or, or just an environment that, you know what I'm saying, like, Sometimes you can't control yourself. Sometimes a motherfucker slap you. Sometimes you just got to slap him back. Like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? If it's time to get crazy, it's time to get fucking crazy. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Might have to drop your nigga double chest like Tom on the bone docks. Might have to double chest kick a nigga. Whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? But we're not walking around here looking for fights, looking for stuff. Or, you know what I'm saying? But you angry. You know, you, you feel... uh. It, you know, your emotions is high. You know what I'm saying? You're not thinking out of your right mind. You're thinking out your first mind. Your first mind, to me, is your most biased thought. I think once you think past your most biased thought, I think you get past that and you go right into logic. You know what I'm saying? The more and more you think about stuff, the more and more, it's, you know, it, it, it goes. You know what I'm saying? So once you think with logic, like, do this make sense for me to hop on the table, blade kick this nigga across the chin, and it's school right now. You know what I'm saying? No. It's not. So don't. You know what I'm saying? Basically, you know, as adults, it's just time to just man up. Woman up. Stop complaining. Stop bitching. Sometimes you got to get your vents out. Believe me. I get my vents out. And I move on about my shit. But you have to. Whatever you do, you can't be sitting and fucking spinning your tires in the mud because you mad. Nigga, so what? The world's still moving around. You still got, you still are blessed with life to live. You still blessed with the tongue. You know what I'm saying? To speak, you still blessed with, to be up, have a chance. You know what I'm saying? Whenever, every single day I'm up, I have a chance to figure some shit out for myself. I take that chance. So, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I, I, I don't. Sometimes I, I get down. I get depressed, you know, and shit, too. Like, I ain't, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times, I try my best to stay, like, okay, and I get something accomplished today. You know what I'm saying? You know, I try to work on myself at every single point. Me, especially now, 
that I'm I'm adding divorce to the list of shit that runs my emotions through the fucking roof. Now that I'm sitting in in an apartment by myself, you know, I'm not sitting in my nice house on my nice chair. <laughs> Excuse me. In my nice backyard with my two nice dogs, and my beautiful wife, and my kids. I'm not sitting back there. I'm sitting on a couch in an apartment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So nobody's around me, so all I have the time to do is think. And I'm thinking on ways to improve myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to, you know, my life changes. I, I can't go out and be mad forever. Like, I, I eventually, I got to get off my ass. And I got to go make sure shit happen again. You know? We done been in here before. You know? We done bu built ourselves up. Now we've been broken down a little bit. Now we got to build, build ourselves Build that shit back up, man. It's going to take time. Cool. We ain't working on man's time. Working on God's time. You know, so fuck it. It happened. Had a good run. But what we gonna do? We sitting here, th thirty years old, three beautiful kids. Okay, you haven't accomplished the things that you thought you'd accomplish. Okay, fine. That don't mean we still can't accomplish them. You got a whole life ahead of you that you have to live. So live it and don't be fucking stuck in a fucking rut. Whoever you are that's stuck in a fucking rut, don't be fucking stuck, you know. That's what I'm telling you. I'm just take it from a trail nigga who done been through the shit before. Who going through the shit currently. Who who gotta take measures to 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 you know, mental health and take care of yourself and do things that make you, you know, feel good and be be productive. Learn how to manage your time. Like I'm 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 learning and I'm Making progress, you know what I'm saying. I'm always gonna find some of myself to work on. I think I think that's what you know. I seen my mother do, my dad do. They constantly evolve. You don't get you don't get to be born in 1957 and 1943 without evolving through times. You evolving through so many social periods. You don't get that old without learning how to evolve and adapt. So get off your ass. And do some work on yourself. You you quick to tell everybody else what they need to do and have opinions for all the celebrities who doing whatever the fuck they doing. But when you look yourself in the motherfucking mirror, what are you doing? And where are you at in life? And if you're not where you're supposed to be in life, then you got some fucking work to do. And I believe that's all of us. So, ask yourself that question. We'll go on to the next one. Spill. Last but not least. <clears throat> one of the most obvious kinds of adversity is when you don't have the money to afford a certain lifestyle. Right? There is no quick way to go from rags to riches, but there are steps you can take to improve your financial well-being. You know? Like I said before, it's, it's, man, God be working, man. Look how this shit Look how I just loop back up to what's, what happened before. Right. Anyway. I don't, hey man, I'm getting, newsflash, I'm getting cold at this podcast and shit, this is alright, you know what I'm saying, I got 60 motherfuckers who listen to, to me, which is amazing, you know what I'm saying, like, it's, it's starting out, you know what I'm saying, but for a nigga who don't talk a whole lot, hey, that's alright, somebody listening, I'm getting feedback, that's all I need.
I said, I'm doing this to help. I want to help somebody, man. And I don't know how to help people physically. Because shit is kind of weird right now. So maybe if I can help them sonically, you know. I think that's how you use that shit. They can listen to me. They, you know, whatever. Not being technical. God damn it. So anyway, like I said before, man. Growing up in South Dallas. It's a poverty stricken. You know, the, the the areas, you know, Oak Cliff and South Dallas and parts of North Dallas and East Dallas and West Dallas and a lot of other parts of uh, big cities and countries and, you know what I'm saying, things like that, they are poverty stricken. So a lot of times you have people who don't have what they need to go and live even the most basic lifestyle. And sometimes things that can affect those are more, you know, political, like I said earlier, about the fair in South Dallas. Like, you never see no money touch back down there. At least I haven't. If a nigga haven't, he can even buzz me because I ain't, you know. But, um, you know, Some of the most beautiful people, most intelligent people, come from areas where they had to build and be creative to survive, right? I don't know how it is in any other type because I ain't never lived in any, I never lived middle class until I got, became an adult. Or whatever, but when I was growing up, people were so creative, the ways to make money and survive. You know? You grew up respecting the people. Excuse me, I'm burping and shit. Anyway, you grew up respecting people, right? That are out there hustling. Like, you know, any of my friends who chose the street lifestyle instead of going to college or whatever. I never looked down on them. You know? That wasn't for me, but I never looked down on them. Because at the end of the day, we all just trying to get some money. You know? We all need money. You know? Money is not everything, but you need it to survive. It is a crucial tool. And if you don't have it, you know, even a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Shit, it's never enough. You know, that's what our society teaches us. That's, you know what I'm saying? So when you in a rough, when you in the streets, man, the money is the only thing that you glorify. Maybe maybe some women, but a lot of times it's because of the money. You only want the women because now the, the, all the fine women is coming and hitting you up because you got the money. But the money is the king. Money got the king. Big bang, thing, little bang. You know what I'm saying? But I never looked down on them because I felt like, man, they going and doing what they got to do. That's how they feel like they got to get it. They going for it. You know, God bless them. You know what I'm saying? That's not my life. You know what I'm saying? Never, you know what I'm saying? But God bless them. And I hope they will pray for me too. 
because who's to say whatever I was doing was would leave me in a better or worse position. See, people got to stop getting out of this judging mentality, man. Like, I'm not going to judge my homeboy just because this nigga sell eight balls and shit. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's him. That's what he does. what he do. He ain't going to get down on me because a nigga play football. Like, he, he, that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, respect the lanes. Everybody got a lane. You know what I'm saying? And it's only fucked up when the gang get fucked up. It's when you got niggas who don't belong in certain areas, especially like the streets. If you're not going to go 100%, then what the fuck are you doing? You know, it's a faster type of lifestyle. It's more risk, more rewards, high, you know, high rewards, high risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you pretty much know it's inevitable to get some jail time, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, you know, or die. And to be honest, some of the mentality of some, some of you know what I'm saying, my people, my, you know, my friends, the ones that we love so much is, shit, you're going to have to die anyway. Why not die when you, you know, try to be on top? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that that's the mentality. Well, you don't show us nothing, well, you don't show us nothing different. If the person don't see nothing different, then how you going to tell them that's wrong? That's all they know. If you don't have nobody to coach to him and tell them, like, hey, it's another way. You can see it all day, but somebody got to teach you that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can look at Spanish and Mandarin and all different types of <laughs> languages and, and letters, but until you actually learn how to say it, like you like you won't never know. You'll never know. So you gotta try to you have to try to understand people's language. Instead of judging them, how about you you know, if say for instance, you know, instead of judging them, first of all, if you don't have nothing to say, then you need to just shut the fuck up. Point, mind the motherfucking business. But in most parts, it's like if, hey, if you're in a position where you can show somebody different, man, then just try. All you can do is try. Try to show somebody a, a different way to make it. Because at the end, we are here to help each other. You know, the whole s social constructs of race and motherfucking, you know what I'm saying, uh, socio-economical status, whatever, all that bullshit, that shit was just thrown on her just to have a tiers of people, a hierarchy of people. The whole concept of class, caste systems and shit like that, is somebody is to be superior, somebody has to be inferior. And a lot of times, the person that's inferior, the superior people feed off of them for their survival. You know what I'm saying? You look at all this fucking food out here now. I'm going to tell you about this food shit, but I'm going to order me some motherfucking pizza tonight. Because I feel like I've been all right. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I've been eating good. So tonight, goddamn debate going to be on for the fucking pizza. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't eat fat. I don't eat fast food every day. The people who who create these off the wall ass fast food feats and shit like that are corporate people. Nine times out of ten, them motherfuckers ain't eating this shit. They ain't eating no motherfucking quesadilla wrapped burrito wrapped frita cheese frita cheese uh frita cheese Cheeto pie uh. With french fries on it. They ain't eating that shit. 
but they make that shit for us who people who work so hard throughout the day and can't find time to cook don't have that hour two hours to cook so shit if taco bell got a motherfucking uh quesadilla wrapped in a motherfucking quesadilla nigga i'm all for it and you gonna give me a, a fucking dorito flavored taco nigga and some what and a chalupa nigga with the sour cream nigga you got your motherfucking mind i'm going it's five bucks i'm going you know what i'm saying me personally i don't feel like there's nothing wrong with that until you start getting excessive with it you know what i'm saying but people who don't have the means to go and buy groceries that's why there are like dollar means. These people in corporate ain't stupid. They know, man, they know motherfuckers out here working hard, busting their ass for pennies on the fucking dollar. That's why they make the dollar menu and they make that shit look cool in the bitch when they put that spicy chicken sandwich, bread be all looking all soft and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, niggas survive off that shit. They ain't stupid. I guarantee you they sell more dollar menu shit, more value menu shit than regular shit on the menu. For instance, Wendy's, the faux for faux, motherfucking legendary. Never in your fucking life have you ever been able to go get motherfucking a burger, some nuggets, some fries, and a goddamn drink for $4. Nigga, that shit is fucking unheard of. Combo, nigga, what? Five, five nuggets? Regular or spicy. You know what I'm saying? A choice about four or five sandwiches. Man, they fucking know when they made that shit, corporate people for Wendy's or whoever owner of Wendy's made that shit. I guarantee a nigga was like, say, man, we can bungle. These, look, these motherfuckers know they love some chicken nuggets and some hamburgers. They love our food already. Look, throw a drink in with that shit. Throw a fry with that shit. Psh, four for four. You know what I'm saying? The tough way, the stiff way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, they're not eating that shit. They rich. They probably got chefs. They eating probably gourmet salads with fucking lettuce from Antigua or some out the wild shit. Like they doing some out the wild shit. They're not eating no motherfucking four for four. Besides when they introduce the four for four, when they introduce the shit and slap that shit on the table for everybody to taste. You know what I'm saying? That's when they eat it. Other than that, they're not eating that shit. They eating whole food, super food. It's some type of extra rich grocery store that I, I, I ain't even fucking heard of. I, I know it is somewhere where the cucumbers is like $8 a piece and shit like that. Because it, it was made out of cow shit with cow shit in a personal form somewhere in who Quarterland. Uh, Idaho, Iowa, you know what I'm saying? Cedar Rapids, Iowa, somebody's backyard that had some, some out the wild shit, but you know what I'm saying. But people who grow up in these rough neighborhoods, they can't afford all that shit, man. You ain't got to be, you know what I'm saying, the hood, trailer parks, and small country towns, man. They can't afford to be eating no goddamn me uh, expensive ass side. And I just came home from work, working 12 hours. Shit. Wendy said they got a four for four. I'm gonna see what that bitch hitting for. <laughs> see what it's hitting for. You know what I'm saying? The folks got cheesy fries. Like, I'm hungry. I just worked ten hours on the shift. I ain't got time to cook. It's seven o'clock. Shit. Got my time I cooked. First of all, I probably forgot to throw the meat out. Probably forgot to throw the meat out. 
So either you're gonna have to get some boiling hot water, throw that shit off, or you're just gonna be fucked off. And then, now nah, by the time you get done cooking, it's gonna be time for you to go to sleep because you gotta go get your ass back up in the morning. So now, nah, man, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's just your choice, but a lot of time people are creatures of habit. So if they don't have the means to, to go whatever they, or you just have to learn how to fucking cook. You know, I know how to fucking cook. Sometimes I don't fucking feel like it. That's 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 something I gotta work on. Not feeling like you know what I'm saying not doing shit, but whatever. Um, if you know how to cook it, if you know how to cook this stuff, it, you know it can be a whole lot cheaper. You know, some of these things that we pay for can be a whole lot cheaper. But dig this, you know, you ain't paying for the food. You paying for the convenience. Right, you're paying for the convenience of them having food ready for you, fast food. You're paying for the convenience. They, if you wanted to, if it was slow food, you can just take your ass back home. <laughs> and, but fast food is like, hey, in five minutes you'll have you a whole burger basket. You know what I'm saying? Or not burger basket, but uh, <laughs> you know burger combo. You know what I'm saying? All of it's made fast. It's, everything's super hot. You know what I'm saying? Because it's made right there. It's hot. They got that shit in the oven or whatever the fuck they do. Throw that shit, microwave that shit, cross the fire or something, whatever. Hot power, whatever the fuck they do. Air fried, whatever the fuck they do with it, that's what they do with it. You know what I'm saying? Get you the food. So that leads us people to be obese sometimes, you know. Um, that's that can, It's not the only factor you know, of it, but it can definitely contribute to it, you know. I use that as an example because that's what I lived. My mom and my dad didn't have the money to do everything, so my mother was an excellent cook. Woman can make something out of nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was something out of nothing, and that was and that's such an, an ability. She knew how to survive. She taught us survival tasks. She taught us how to cook and, and, and know our way around the kitchen. So. So we won't have to depend on no woman to cook for us. You know what I'm saying? For instance, some of these motherfuckers right here, some of these dudes right here, is with a woman because they don't know what to fucking do if they were, you know, by themselves. So they fucking, they gotta. Like, I ain't tripping. Like, of course, I'd rather be uh, in the cut with some pussy on the tuck. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not. So it don't bother me knowing how to cook. Knowing how to, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I got to get in there, I can get in there. No problem. You know what I'm saying? But that, you know, my mother, she taught us that because, shit, first of all, less of a headache. If you depending on anybody else to cook your food or do you depend on, you know, it's a certain trust level you don't, you got to have. When you go to a restaurant, it's a certain trust level. Like, it's weird. Like, even when the food get to my plate, I'm looking at it like, I, you know what I'm saying? This shit kind of like what's on the brochure, you know, but um, she taught us those things to, you know, there's some niggas out here getting poisoned, man. Y'all got to watch Snap. This shit going down out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You fuck around. You think you, you know, you think you be doing some shit and your girl don't know. And nigga, you think you eating the goddamn steak and the steak got some seasoning on that shit. And you like, damn, this shit good. All of a sudden your ass... Yo, fucking uh, eyeball popped the fuck out. Some off the wall shit. 
Hey, you fucked up in the game because you should have went and cooked your own steak, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, make sure that she got your steak right. Treat that woman right. She won't poison your food, man. So, there's <laughs> some niggas that, done, that, that done, you know, fell off in the game because they don't got that shit poisoned. I think that's what happened to the Roman Empire to a certain extent. You know, the the it started to crash because they was killing the men off. They were killing the motherfuckers off. Shit, they had to change. Like, they had the money, they had the power, and they were next up in line on the hierarchy. However that shit work over there, oligarchy, monarchy, whatever the fucking shit is over there. I'm a little bit too saucy to, to uh, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit too, I'm, I'm low-key faded. So I can't think about it clearly right now, but a lot of them poisoned the kings and the, the rulers, whatever they had over there. And that kind of was the start of Empire falling. The niggas would have went and got their own grapes or whatever the fuck they ate, hummus or whatever. They would have been still living and shit, but they didn't. So they was kings and queens, and they was kings, and they depended on everybody for everything. You know what I'm saying? They didn't go and do shit. You know, a lot of times that was their demise. Like, okay, we're going to throw some poison in here, shit. It's going to be a wrap. You know what I'm saying? It's too easy to, you know. You know what I'm saying? So, but being able to be self-sufficient. We don't have a, a lot of money. Being able to, to survive, knowing okay, if I if I just got ten dollars, shit, I can squeeze a week full of meals out. Shit, I'm gonna get some rice, beans, you know what I'm saying? A little shit like that, you know. You can make it happen. You can make it happen. You know, I've seen a woman get in the kitchen and, um, uh, man, throw shit together. Like I was first, I was like, "How you do this?" We, I didn't think we had no food in here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The other time, I watch her like, "I just know we ain't got no food in here. I just know they gonna be she gonna finesse us and she gonna go get something to eat." You know what I'm saying? Man, I be watching her and still don't know how the fuck she did that. Shit be delicious. She she gonna make this type of shit that we can eat off for of two three days. Eat for dinner, then for lunch. My daddy get something for lunch, and then shit coming home and be left over for a snack. Come home from school. Oh, I'm sure it's there. They survival. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but if you don't have nobody to teach you these skills, then I don't know if they still have home ed classes, but if you don't have nobody to teach you these skills, then it's going to be rough. If you, it, it, it's so many people that have to depend on, um, you know, places like this because you just don't have the convenience of time. If you work extra hard, you working for a long fucking time, like you get home at about six or seven, like if you don't have nothing prepared or if you don't have nothing in a crock pot or nothing like that, like how the fuck you gonna expect it? You tired as fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You tired as a motherfucker. But guess what? McDonald's got this value and they got hot and spicy mac chicken. It's like the regular one, but it's spicy. And mayonnaise on it. Extra lettuce. The mac sauce, if you be nice to them and say a little secret word. You know, the, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, but you just, you know what I'm saying? Those are things that you're just subjected to when you don't have the funds to, you know what I'm saying, to eat right. Me personally, right now, like I said tonight, I'm ordering me a motherfucking pizza. But, you know, I, I, you know, I don't eat fast food a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? A little bit more because our niggas been depressed, shit like that. I ain't feel like getting up, but... 
I'm getting better with that now. But normally, you know, I don't. Maybe about, I try to keep it at once a week. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying? But if I can get in here into this kitchen and make something happen, like I know I got food in there, you know what I'm saying? Salmon and tilapia and some steak and some chicken and some salads and shit like that. I can whip something, but, you know, nigga ain't handicapping the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? Sucker. You know, but, uh, yeah, man. So, a lot of things can contribute. You know what I'm saying? When you don't get have the, the money for transportation, you know, to just live, man. Like, if y'all remember Lottie Ticket, remember on that roof scene, when Brandon T. Jackson and Bywap on that roof scene, and that nigga told him, let him hold a ticket, you can trust me, and this is it, I. That nigga was acting like a little hoe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that nigga told that nigga, nigga. You can't trust nigga been with you this whole time before all this money. All of a sudden you can't trust me and you got enough money to change. Nah. I mean he wasn't right in trying to tell a nigga what to do with his money, but nigga had a point though. It was cold. You know, to try to change people's lives, you know, that we love. We always talk about, man, what I get you know what I'm saying, and the silver lining in that is like, you know, when you grow up in a rough place, you always talking about, man, when I get some money, man, I'm gonna I'm a I'ma help you know what I'm saying? So and so wild. I'm a, you know, try to make the hood better and you try to be everybody's savior. You know what I'm saying? You can't be everybody's savior. You can't save everybody in your family and your friends. But, you know, when we when we dreaming and we have aspirations, that's what we want to do. You know what I'm saying? But he basically told a nigga, look, nigga, like, nigga, I'm broke, nigga. <laughs> It's it's funny, but it's real. It's one of the realest things ever in cinematic history. Cause it's like that's some really shit, nigga. I'm broke, nigga. Like nigga, I'm broke, nigga. We broke. Food stamps, motherfucking niggas is fighting, nigga. Broke, nigga. Nigga, broke. So that's just so much enthusiasm, but that's the mentality of it. Like that's the reality of it. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers, if you don't have enough money, first of all, you don't have no jobs. They put you off in a section where they strip all the jobs from. It's hard to get a job because they don't really educate you on how to, you know what I'm saying, you know, get jobs. Shit like that. You, kind of, you kind of go through life kind of just figuring out now. I mean, more it done got better. People have programs, shit like that. But at some point, like, you know, I got friends who, who grew up in the country, so they didn't grow up. So me thinking it's rough, nigga. I ain't never had to deal with the with the uh, <laughs> with the reality of nigga. It's a grocery store, but that whole ten miles away. You know what I'm saying? It's and I live in this little town of a one stoplight, nigga. I ain't never had to deal with that shit. So that's a whole different. That's why I say you can't really judge people off. You know what I'm saying? Whether they come from the hood or the suburbs or shit like that. Like you got to take everybody at face value because everybody has their own problems. Yeah, I imagine there's some problems. There's some problems with people that have money. <clears throat> a lot of money, just, you know what I'm saying? I don't know, because I ain't never had a lot of money, but shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm guaranteeing some problems. Problems are inevitable. Man, you can't escape that shit, no matter how high you get, how much drink you drink. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you do to get away, you don't have to either come back or come down um, and face them problems e either way. You know what I'm saying? And, you know... 
financial adversity is, like I said, it's, it's the big one, man, because you just got to have money to survive. Everything is fucking expensive. You know what I'm saying? Shit is so overvalued, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And undervalued sometimes, but a lot of times overvalued, man, because... <laughs> I can't get out in detail, but it's just systems and <laughs> greed and unnecessary shit, man. It just is. You know, so people look their best to make their money and make as much as they can. I won't say make as much as they can, try to shit, say that shit, stack that shit up somewhere. You know, because you can never have enough. It's billionaires that's still working because... Shit, they could stop working. Once they, you know what I'm saying? They could stop. Like, Elon Musk can fucking stop. Literally. He can fucking stop working. Like, after he after he pulled off the Tesla shit with the cars and shit, he could have fucking stopped. But nah, this nigga making spaceships. He just sending, he just doing shit because he got the money. And he probably halfway curved, but for a motherfucker to have, a nigga to have the audacity to send a whole spaceship out of space just because build one and send that shit back it's like it's not coming back like the all the value is just to build one and shoot that bitch it's the it, it's the equivalent of you playing with a toy rocket and wanting to get it home and decorating and putting all type of fly shit on it and boom you know what I'm saying pop that bitch off in the air woo you know shit like that when you're a kid but this nigga doing that shit in real life, man. He ain't got to. I guarantee you something that fuels him and shit. More money is never enough. He's a fucking billionaire. You know, Jeff Bezos fucking billionaire. His his wife took half of his shit and made her the richest, whatever, whoever. But he ain't stopped working. He still, it's not enough. No money is enough. That's that's what I see with celebrities who fucking you know um, kill themselves. One of my favorite people. Period. Uh, uh, Anthony Bourdain, man, he, man, I used to grow up watching No Reservations. Like I done read all the books. I ain't have. I didn't. I didn't never in my life want to be a want to be a fucking cook. But I didn't give a damn. You know what I'm saying? I'm reading that book. I'm. You know what I'm saying? I've read all his books. You know what I'm saying? I, I've watched all his shows, interviews, and. For him just to go out like that over a bitch. Like, that shit is evil, you know? But the money wasn't enough to keep him here, you know? That's a man who struggled with alcoholism, drugs, depression, all type of shit. He was a A1 fucking chef. But most important than that, he was a like throw-ass person. Like, I used to just dream, dream about, man, you know, I want to get rich. And go kick it with Anthony Bourdain. Go roll up. Can you imagine you getting rich and you roll and then you call Anthony Bourdain over? Y'all niggas, y'all rolling joints, drinking liquor, going around, testing foods out, fucking with the bitches of the mainland. You know what I'm saying? We in a different country. We're going to see what these bitches here is about. But first, we got to go about eight places and go taste food, get high. They're going to give us some drink and it's all on it. Come on, man. He had the fucking lifestyle, but... Apparently, it wasn't enough. I'm pretty sure he could have stopped doing whatever he's doing, but it wasn't enough. So just because money is, you know, it, it, it can't be your set focus. 
it never be enough. You know what I'm saying? For a man, for instance, like for, for, for a man, some people can't control their need. People, period. Not just men, but people can't control their need for sex. But it'll be a constant need because it never is enough. Being an addict, it's never enough. You'll enjoy the high, but it's never enough. If it was, it'd be like, okay, this it, then I'm just... No, nah, man. That shit sucks you in sometimes. I talked to a person who was addicted to taking pills. That shit sucks you in sometimes. <laughs> you know what's wrong. It's like, man, that shit ain't doing me good, but ah, what it make me feel? Whew. <laughs> what it make me feel, man? Hey, I'm, I need some more of that. You got some more. How much you heading for? Can I get a combo package? So, but regardless on wherever your finances are, you're going to have problems. And most likely people who don't have the most problems, people who don't have any and are desperate to get some are trying to find their ways to get some, all right? And um, that's why I say you have to be more self-sufficient. We have gotten away from learning how to live on the land. We got to learn how to hunt. We got to learn how to fish. We got to learn how to... I'm trying to learn how to fish again. I ain't been fishing since I was a teenager, but I gotta learn. I gotta learn how to hunt. I gotta learn how to cook. I gotta learn how to do the basic shit. We don't fucked up. We don't rely so much on technology. But all this shit can get cut the fuck off. And all we got is the shit that we got on our fucking back. The money in the account don't matter. Credit don't matter. None of that matter. Can you survive? Can you live off the land? I want to be able to always get it off the land. I don't want to be able to be one of these dependent ass motherfuckers on depending on government, depending on people to come and save me. Yeah, when I when, when, when I needed help, people came through for me. God bless them. Thank you. You know, I don't want anybody anything. Nobody owes me anything. But people who come through, thank you. Whoever you are, you came through for your little cousin, your little brother, whatever. Thank you, and God bless you because you didn't have to. You know. It's rough out here, man. It's rough out here, man. It's fucking rough. When you don't have money, you feel like the lowest on the fucking earth. When you have it, you have anxiety to keep it with you. When you have a lot of it, it's so tantalizing to go out to the mall and just bust it down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, people are so enthralled with being the one who just have all the money. Me personally, I'd rather have the wherewithal to know when it's important, when it's not, and never lose sight of the main goal. To enjoy our life. To help other people. I believe when you help other people, it's a cycle that starts. Or that finishes. And whatever you give out, it's what you're going to get back. I think that's how the universe works. I think that's how God works it out. may not be when you want it to, but it's always going to be when you need it, man. So don't be greedy, all right? Don't be greedy when you see somebody, help them out. If you don't want to give them no money, cool. Go buy them a meal. You know? Buy them a meal. You know? Something. You have to do something. 
You know what I'm saying? We all connected to this universe. You can't just sit here and just do nothing, man. Like, I try to do whatever I do. Like, I don't like wasting food. Like, if I have a whole lunch that's in a package that I, I haven't opened yet, and then I'm just riding around with it, like, when I, when I come down to the bridge, and I see that person who say, hey, I ain't got no money, but I, I got this lunch. It's a salad. It's a half salad, half sandwich. It's in a little pack. I ain't touched it. I ain't bit off of nothing. It's all fresh. Hey. They need it more than I do. I ain't gonna do what? Fucking waste throwing in the trash. Fucking wasteful. So fucking wasteful. Being conditioned to be wasteful ass people. Greedy ass people. But we breaking out of that. You know. We noticing what's, what's trailing, what's not. You know. And with that being said, man. Gonna be the end of adversity. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I, I really do. Yeah, like I said, when I started this podcast, man, I started it because I was fucking bored. Not gonna fucking lie. <laughs> I was bored, and I was like, man, I was depressed. Like, that's yeah, bullshit, ass, whatever. But I'm like, man, what if I create something just to help somebody, man? Like. Whatever I'm going through or whatever I think about, maybe it, it can help somebody out. You know what I'm saying? I don't think we give all this knowledge just to just, just keep it or experience. I don't even know if it's right or wrong. I just know it's what I've been through and what I'm learning. And hopefully it can help somebody else. That's what this podcast is for. You know what I'm saying? God damn, I'm getting old and knuckles popping and shit. Um, but that's what it's for. It's not for us just selling our high horses, man. We learn, we go through life. It's only we owe it to the universe to give us, give each other the information. Whether you got to pay for it or whatever. If it's valuable information, then do what you got to do to obtain that. But knowledge. See, I may not look like the motherfucker or I may not sound like the motherfucker who is smart or who has a lot of knowledge or who been through a whole lot, but I done been through a whole lot. I done seen a lot of things, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty, people have seen a lot. Everybody's seen some shit, man. I'm just the one who decided to talk about it. Who decided to share my experiences on it. In my own way. You know. Hoping, praying, wishing, wanting they can help you or help somebody you know. They need to hear this shit. Adversity is a, it's inevitable. It's part of our life. The question ain't, you know, well, the question, it, it, it's not what can you do? It's when you gonna get the fuck up and do it. How you gonna get the fuck up and do it? You gotta get up. I don't care how hard it is. How much you been through. If you have the blessing of still putting 10 toes on this earth. Or how many toes you got. Or if you didn't have legs. If you're just able to be alive. And have the blessing of being alive. Why wouldn't you want to make it the best as possible? 
Or wouldn't you want to figure it out? It's obviously a problem. It's time to solve it. And I just want to help. Hoping some of these, these things can help me out. Just help me out too. It's okay. I'll go through these things. But you're not alone. Reach out to somebody. Let somebody know what's up. Don't be scared. If that person gonna condemn you from telling your real feelings, and they ain't your fucking friends. If that person gonna condemn you from telling your fucking feelings of how you feel, they ain't your fucking family. It's not. Go seek help. Don't go through this by yourself. No excuse to. Keep on going. Maintain. Mashing on the fucking gas. On to our future. On to our purpose. On to finding our purpose. On to finding out what this shit is all about. And what's real and what's not. Being able to discern the negative spirits away from the good spirits and all that good shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's about. Adversity. When shit hits the fan, what's gonna do about it? Trill Pill Podcast. Much love. Shout out to everybody in Dallas, Texas. Shout out to everybody in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Wherever you at, wherever you touch, St. Louis, L.A. I know I'm giving shout-outs. <laughs> like I got millions of followers or millions of listeners. I only got 60 as of now. But shout-out to everybody who listen and wherever the fuck you at. I appreciate you. Head ass. <laughs> Trippy Podcast, man. Not this bitch.